That was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that. Uh, thought we were going halfsies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. I'm your host, Mike Davis, and each week I bring you conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and inspiring positive social change across a wide variety of sectors. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy the next 40 minutes guaranteed to inspire you with our signature blend of wisdom, experience, and banter. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. Simplicity is is really difficult. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's any the graphic designers, thing. it's it is really it is really hard. Like, it's not like I come up with these things really quickly. I don't just type out a logo type and go create no. outlines on it and then you know dump it into a presentation and go there you go. It's, it's there's a lot more work in it than that. Which yeah, again, that's why taking you know the client through a bit of strategy beforehand and also kind of taking you on the journey explains all those little you know micro details that you might miss if you're just looking at it from with having no context. Great to be back with you here, as always, at Humans of Purpose. So, very special recording this week. This one is done off uh, the, the, my personal phone, just while I've made a quick trip home from the hospital. We've just uh, welcomed our first baby boy to the world. Um, so, very happy times, but a slightly shortened preparation time for this week's episode, which I hope you'll excuse. My special guest this week is Dean Jacobson, who is the Creative Director of Universe. Universe are an amazing uh, organisation. They're a branding organisation, creative organisation that just do a range of incredible works. I highly recommend you check out their stuff. They've just actually done the Humans of Purpose brand review, which was uh, long overdue and done our new visual identity. And this episode was really designed to coincide with the rollout of that new identity. And um, I thought instead of doing the usual format, we'll get Dean to speak to how he walks somebody through a visual identity and brand design update because it was just such an incredible experience for me and really um, helped me feel so involved and really nail the Humans of Purpose concept. Um, so do check out all our updates across all our social channels. The podcast cover art will be changed very shortly if it hasn't already. Um, and you'll see just very different visual identity. And um, this episode is just a chance for Dean to explain that, walk you through it, talk a bit about why he's chosen to do what he has with Humans of Purpose. Um, so Dean, is a he, he's, he probably works about five metres away from me at the Commons. Uh, we became very good mates um, in recent times uh, post the, uh, the, the pandemic and just um, being around each other and um, a couple of other great lads and ladies down at the Commons. And um, incredible guy, very quirky guy, uh, loves his B-grade horror films, and you, you'll hear a bit about um, Dean and his taste as we get through the episode. These guys, just everything is immaculate. And I just knew the way they present that they would be the perfect team to knock up the um, the new brand identity. So, look, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Feel free to send us a note. Let us know how you're going. um, And really keen for you to tuck in. So, without further ado, uh, enjoy the episode with Dean. Mate, an honour to be here. We're down in the dungeon together. (laughs) Dean, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Mike. 
Mate, it's terrific to have you. We, we talked about doing this because you um, and Universe, um, not the whole universe, but your company, Universe, has been helping me uh, with a brand identity piece. I originally came to you and said, Dean, I think I need new cover art. Then you went away for a little while and then you came back and said, Mike, this is not a cover art issue. You have identity issues. <laughs> and I still don't know whether you meant me personally or the, the podcast, but... Um, <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about um, what it is to do a visual identity piece like this with a brand like Humans of Purpose and what are your starting foundations? Yeah, so um, yeah, when you first came to me, you said, oh, I think I'm ready to update my cover art for my podcast. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll have a look. I had a quick look and then <clears throat> I kind of went through all the other assets, like all your other touch points, like your website, your Instagram, all those other bits and pieces. And I'm like, okay, there's not a lot of consistency throughout, which is kind of normal for a startup, you know. Is that a compliment? I can't tell. Nah, well, no. I mean, it, it's just the nature of the beast, really. Like it's, you know, um, you know, a lot of startups have people do bits and pieces. Like they might start off with friends doing a little bit here and there, then they might engage someone. They might be trying to get everything for free. Yeah, exactly. Or trying to, you know, and I mean, that's fine. Like, you know, you got to, to launch, you know, you don't want to spend a heap of money on things like that. I wouldn't say, you know, let's spend $20,000 on a brand new brand identity for, you know, for a startup. It Something just, that makes $40 a month. Yeah, exactly. It's not sensible. Like, it's not sensible. So, um, yeah, so you came to me and I'm like, okay, um, this, I know I can, I can give you a cover art, like something that would be okay. Um, but we're working with, you know, a bunch of assets that don't kind of already come together. So it's almost like a little bit of a bandaid, if that made sense. Like it, we could, we could definitely do it, but I thought actually we should take a few steps back here and um, maybe let's start with the identity first because that's more what I foresee this project being. Um, yeah, so then we started on that and, um, yeah, so I guess I could just roll into kind of how that kind of rolled, I guess. Yeah, I mean I just think it's interesting because I think people might like to hear how something like this happens um, for a project. Yep. I certainly didn't know how it happened. I My impression of brand identity before this project was you say a lot of random things. Yep. Um, an artist draw- I, still, I do say a lot of random things, yeah, no, that's for sure. Like <laughs> you do, <laughs> but me as in the artist, as, as in the like the person who wants the thing made, the client would just say a bunch of random things. Yep. And like for people like me who have no visual sensibility, we're more kind of oral and written. Yep. Um, we then get you, our users, to just draw something and then we give you all this feedback in email saying, no, this doesn't work for me, this is great, this doesn't work. And then you send back something a second time and that's what we end up with. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, that process was a little bit different because I remember when we first started off, you were saying, um, you know, can you shoot us an email, send us through this stuff? And I'm like, uh, it doesn't really work like that because really you need the context and for me to explain kind of the strategy behind the artwork. Yep. If you just saw the artwork with no context, you know, you might have some preconceived judgments about it. You might show other people and they'll put their opinions on top of it. And then, yeah, you're not really getting the whole picture of like where I've come from and where I started from and where I, you know, from A to B. Yeah. And, you know, you really need to come along with that journey. So from there, so I'm just trying to think. So you did the first um, presentation. For me, like it it makes a lot of sense to me knowing you as a film buff from before how you work because it's sort of like a creative journey or narrative process. Yeah, true. Yeah, A sense-making process. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's just reminding me now. So when I first started and I was looking at the name and all that kind of stuff, I was like, okay, it's a difficult word to work with. I'm like, okay, so – what would be the best strategy here? And I had to look through all your assets, what you already had, and something that we could leverage off and kind of not just throw the baby out with the bathwater. We could look at some bits and pieces that you already had and kind of that may have a little bit of heritage with them and then bring them across and just kind of update them. So I looked across everything and I was like, okay, um, 
you know, we we could probably do away with, um, you know, a, a speech bubble because it's pretty common. It's seen through a lot of podcast art. Mm. It's kind of done to death. So I'm like, let's do away with that. Also, we were, there was also some um, like voice lines. Yeah. I don't know what they're called yep. exactly. But um, wave kind of. Wave, wave lines. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, everyone uses them and I'm like, okay, let's steer, let's steer clear from yeah. that. It's pretty clear that <clears throat> it's an audio production. Yeah. Yeah. And then, all, and then so then I kind of started looking at really the podcast um, cover-up format to start off with and how the identity would really work there as its primary kind of spot it needs to shine. So instead of going back and kind of working up a logo, I was kind of, it was a bit of a different process for this, what I would normally do. I was actually throwing it through your assets. So your cover-up being primary and then going f- backwards from there. So then like social media um, and then, uh, you know, any other touch points that the brand kind of touches. But it was a bit of a different kind of process than a normal brand identity where we would actually would just fully isolate the logo type mm-hmm. or the logo type and the mark together and then kind of present that and then show it across assets. For you, it was more of a bit of a different process, kind mm-hmm. of started at, you know, halfway through type of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was, it was super interesting how you kind of um, isolated what you thought was really good about what existed, but then you went back and it sounds like you did a fair bit of um, – I don't know what type of research you'd call it, but desktop research around yep. the the medium. What are the common things that make good cover art pieces pop? All yep. that kind of stuff. True. I should have, I should have mentioned that because in our yeah. first presentation, we kind of I got you to send a bunch that you liked, yep. and then I sent it, and then I put together a bunch that I liked together, and kind of molded that together in a presentation so we could kind of <clears throat> review it together. And we landed on a lot of similar kind of um, you know visual things that we thought worked, and really podcast cover art which was something um i have done once before but it was a very long time ago um it really relies on you know one typeface two colorways it has to be super simple it has to yep. work on such a small scale so we came into agreement with a lot of it being that like you know we're gonna be working with two colors it's gonna be really simple it's gonna be typographic we're gonna do away with any kind of icons or anything you know, illustrations anything that's going to complicate the artwork so we kind of did away with that and then what we kind of did from there is I firstly leveraged off that you had it acronymed as HOP in a few mm. other in a few scenarios. And I thought that was kind of interesting instead of um, because the name is quite long and then kind of fitting that into a square. And I don't know if any other designers are listening, like a square is actually kind of a difficult thing to work with. Mm. It's hard to create tension in a square, if that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. And especially if the words are similar length. So, so that humans of purpose. That was a problem. That was a problem initially because usually um, I can kind of sketch something out and I can kind of see where I can create tension within a square. And I was kind of sketching it out and going, oh, this is a bit of a problem. Like, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) my normal, like, kind of tricks and things that I lean on kind of weren't working. I was like, oh, okay. Um, You didn't realize how difficult a client I was going to be until you got into it. Yeah. Well, there's, oh, we'll get into that too. Yeah. That's definitely (laughs) part of it. Just unbelievable. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so then we kind of came up to, just the acronym of HOP with a full stop. Um, Why the full stop? Why is punctuation important in branding? Usually it's not, and usually I don't like punctuation at all. And to be honest, I'm a terrible speller and terrible punctuation, um, yeah, dyslexia to the extreme with that kind of stuff. I didn't want to say anything, but I had noticed multiple typos in all your presentations. Yeah, there's definitely typos in the presentation. <laughs> actually, it's pretty funny. Today I actually went through and realised I didn't spell check your presentation, which normally I do, but we were kind of moving quite fast with this. It was kind of like, you know, we're going to launch 
next Tuesday and today is what? Look, um, Dean, if you're ghostwriting the Human Superbus book, I'd be concerned. But, um, <laughs> you know, you're an images man. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. I kind of, yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, well, to give a little bit of context with dyslexia, you kind of see, like, I see words as shapes more so when I'm reading. So if the shape looks right, I'll go, I think it's right, that type of thing. Like, say, you know how you can read. You know, there's like a thing where um, someone, could, I don't know what it is, but they wrote like a page out and they they just put like the first and the end letter and people could just read it because they saw the shape and the space yeah. of the word. So it's kind of like I see things as shapes. Yep. But again, um, usually I do spell check my presentations, but with you. Well, I, I just want to, now you've made me feel like a bit of a douchebag uh, for calling out. I'm not, I didn't know you were dyslexic, so just want to put uh, that on the record. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so if I've offended you, which, no, I, which no, I know I haven't. No, no. I mean, honestly, um, I, I couldn't care less. Like um, I think spelling is a part of my, like, Obviously, it's important. I wouldn't want to present a logo type with a big spelling error in it. That would be, but that's something I just don't do. It's also, it's more so actually, I'm overly cautious normally. Um, with your presentation, though, I was very quickly typing bits and pieces. Oh, so yeah. it was kind of like a, and we was of an iterative, like kind of, um, normally I wouldn't work that fast neither. Like what we've done is quite kind of fast tracked. It was yeah. very much like, um, you know, we had the speed cranked all the way up on it. Um, so, yeah, I was running through it quite quickly and then showing you stuff and then back and forth and back and forth and removing yeah. pieces. So, it's a very dynamic process. And yeah. um, some of the elements that you were able to include that I thought were really cool were we, we kind of had this when you showed me um, the the last version of the cover art and you had that kind of mountainous range. Yep, yep. That was interesting because we had sort of a different interpretation of what that might be. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So I guess that stemmed from um, I did want something simple in it because I was looking at HOP and, I mean, just two colours, HOP in black. I mean, I loved it and I thought, you know, crappy designers will love it, and <laughs> of course, but I thought it does need a little bit of depth as well and I noticed a lot of the cover arts that we both chose, some did have slight textural elements. So I brought in like um, – what we call it's like a risograph. So it's like risograph's like an old kind of printing technique. Um, I created a kind of a little bit of a texture, and then um, I popped like a waveform in there. So because originally I was looking at ways that I could animate the tile, yep. which could be really cool. And it also stemmed from me looking at all your assets. I was looking at your Instagram, and one of your tiles had. Um, the audio playing like, you know, a, sn- a snippet from the podcast. Yeah, I think that's via headliner or something. Yeah. Yep. And then I was looking at that going, okay, instead of the lines, it could be cool if it was just like a smooth wave. Um, yeah, it just look really good and it'll be really simple and it's just a gradient. It's And it's a super simple device that I could hand off, you know, to anyone else and they wouldn't know how to use it. Like very, very simple. Yeah. Um, and then I popped that in there just with a the texture and it just kind of just worked. Like it just kind of... Yeah, I think I think like for me the simplicity, the colors. Are you someone who's very like color sensitive? Um, not particularly. I usually uh, don't use a lot of color to be honest. So yours again, like when we started talking initially, you're like, um, you know, I want to look at like, I think you referenced like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. You're like, I want it to like blind people, and I'm like. It's not really what I normally do. I don't, I'm like, I was thinking, Mike, have you seen my work? It's pretty much just black and white and it's dreary and no, not really. So um, how do you manage to charge your clients so much for, for that? Well, white, white black. And I couldn't tell you on this podcast. It's just, uh, no, I mean, I mean, simplicity is is really difficult. I mean, yeah, it's any graphic designers, it's it is really it is really hard. Like, 
it's not like I come up with these things really quickly. I don't just type out a logo type and go create no. outlines on it and then, you know, dump it into a presentation and go, there you go. It's, it's, there's a lot more work in it than that, which, yeah, again, that's why taking, you know, the client through a bit of strategy beforehand and also kind of taking you on the journey explains all those little, you know, micro details that you might miss if you're just looking at it from with having no context or... Yeah, and I think like the way you um, brought me to a couple of meetings to talk me through your iterations and changes is really powerful and helpful too because I think the first time around, I think we we had a probably a slight misunderstanding around like um, I did say Ninja Turtles and like I did want fun and stuff. Yep. I didn't want to blind people. I'm not, I'm not a savage. <laughs> um, well, I might be. But, um, <laughs> but then one of the things you came back with that I think was your favourite option was probably like the least fun from, from yep. like I just remember saying to you, Dean, this is good but I need fun. Like w- this is not a job. This yep. is a hobby. So yep. bring the fun. And yeah. you brought the fun. Do you yeah, credit? true. We should, yeah, we should talk about that first presentation because, again, um, that was kind of, again, me not doing my normal process, thinking yep. that Mark needs something quick. Yeah. Um, we need to get this moving. He doesn't have a, you know, we, we don't have a huge, huge budget to work with. And yep. we were like, so I was thinking, okay, I'll skip some of the steps. But, again, you can't skip the steps, yep. So which I shouldn't have done. So I went in it kind of having, doing my own desktop research, having a kind of look and thinking that I knew enough about it to kind of generate something but in reality you know i really didn't so <laughs> well I, I think you knew good like your first attempt was pretty good but I, I just think it's quite a hard thing to explain like so imagine if you are dyslexic with words i'm pretty much dyslexic with images like i know what i like but i can't draw you anything yep i can only describe with words what i think would look good and yep. then if you show me something i can work with you to make it better and saying what i think it needs more or less of yep. so we kind of had those uh, like challenges but i think it, it's been you know remarkable i'm I'm really happy with um, how it's all ended up and you know not only have you done that but just bringing the whole brand identity get together like once you've done a piece of cover art you know you can explain the next steps but the amount of stuff you've done like with social integration working with neon treehouse to make sure it all aligns visually um you know launching that theme um and how you do that is that all new for you or is that something you normally do? No, it's, that's pretty standard. Like the rollout yeah. part of it was very much like bread and butter, what I normally do. It was mm. more like the start of this, like going back to that first kind of presentation as well where I kind of jumped the gun a bit and thought I, I listened to the podcast and I thought, oh, these are kind of like really, you know, um, not highbrow, but, you know, the, the conversations, you know, were quite, um, I'm not sure what the word is, but I took it as more so I lent into kind of, iconography of like um, vinyl cover art or like book cover art because I thought it was yeah. more of a studious, maybe studious is the right word, but maybe not so much. But yeah. I felt it was like a lot of information, um, very informational, um, very educational at the same time. So I kind of lent into that probably more so when really, you know, I didn't pick up the rest of kind of the, the podcast is, you know, just it is a bit of banter, it is a bit of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, from there I kind of recalibrated and that's when we kind of um, – Landed on something that we both loved. So. Yeah, no, it was good recalibration. What do you think makes a, a really standout brand, or what are the sort of key elements you look for when you look at um, great design or great brand when you look at other pieces oh, of work? It's a hard question. Um, I guess sometimes, uh, I mean, without knowing all the process behind it, sometimes you know you're just judging it on just what it is, and sometimes you know the process might have been, you know, grueling for a designer to get through and to come up with this, you know, whatever it is, like brand identity or something like that. So not being a part of the process, I don't like to judge it too much, but I guess I really love 
simplicity and something that's super reductive. Like if you can remove something, you know, if you can, you can get away with it, then you should. Like with you, we looked at the podcast cover art just being HOP, an acronym. We don't have humans of purpose in there yep. at all. So things like that, I love to remove as much as possible with it being as clear as possible and concise as possible. Mm. I guess that's what I kind of look for. Like simplicity, again, like it probably leans on um, it probably leans on the dyslexic part as well because when things are simplistic, I can see them really well, if that makes sense. Mm. Like reading for me is a bit of a struggle. Like, But if something's super clear, it's like, I don't know, it sings to me. So when is that I see, why you're so good at what you do because you simple, like simplicity is what makes sense to you? Yeah, maybe. It's probably it's probably a part of it as well. It's probably, yeah, I mean, I've always kind of been good at art and drawing. Like that's originally where I kind of started. Yeah. Originally I was going to do like visual arts is really what I went to TAFE to do to become an artist and then I had a teacher there who pretty much said, um, uh, no, there's no money in that. So you probably – and she saw some of my folio and she saw I was showing a bit of process. Like I was probably – I think I was making a comic or something and I was developing a character and she saw that there was process behind me developing the character and you know, coming up with like – different looks and things like that. So she was like, oh, you know, you're showing a bit of process here. Maybe you should try graphic design, which is weird that I never thought of it because my mum is a graphic designer. Mm. But for some reason I just didn't think my mum's my mum used to do ads for a newspaper. Mm. And so that was my first kind of what graphic design was. And I was like, I don't think that's really what I want to do. Like it was layout really. It was just like, you know, not that there was nothing artistic in it obviously, but um, – you know, it was more type layout and things like that, and I was much more artistic. So, but yeah, thank God for that teacher who um, said, "Yeah, you should, uh, you should get into graphic design." It's very inspiring to have an art teacher to tell you not to do art for a career. Yeah, I mean, I think her her unit or whatever class I was doing with her was graphic design, but um, yeah, she just said, "Yep, you should. This is the way you should go." Yeah, like, okay. She's a pragmatic art teacher. Yeah, and she kind of. Um, yeah, and she kind of helped me get um, again because I just thought I couldn't really do a university. I thought it just wouldn't be something that I would do or get into. But then she kind of helped me get into university as well. She pretty much gave me a straight shot entry, which was pretty amazing. So then I could skip a little bit of that. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I should really go back and thank her someday because uh, yeah, you should definitely email her now or maybe after the podcast. <laughs> Would that work for you? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'll just make a little note here. Fair, yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Dean to email a former art teacher. Mm-hmm. So probably good segue now. Um, we've talked a bit about the process we went through together. What is Universe, your company? Um, how did you come to it or arrive at that point? Um, you've told sort of the early stage stuff. Yep. And also to talk a little bit about the mission there, types of clients that you have, the kind of work you're doing, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. So I guess um, I'll come, I'll try and make it short and not, so boring. The story, it's a pretty standard story, I guess, for any graphic designer. I started off at a um, a smaller studio, which was called Qualia Creative, and I was there for maybe just under a year doing like a junior designer role. Um, I remember, I can't remember why, because I really loved, I loved working there, like it was awesome, and I got along with the guys really, really well. Um, but then I think they couldn't give me like full-time work or something like that for memory. Anyway, then I just applied for universe really like not thinking I'd get the job whatsoever. It was literally kind of like a bit of like, you know, then I give me three days, I'm going to apply for some jobs. Um, but, yeah, then I got the job and I've been there or I've been at, with Universe, you know, coming up in July, it'll be 10 years, which is pretty crazy. Um, so then I worked with uh, Joe, who was um, the original owner and boss, who had it up until 2020. And then in 2020, the first lockdown 
I think it was the first lockdown. I can't lose track. Yeah, that's right. First lockdown. Um, yeah, he was uh, pretty much said he's he's going to look at getting another job because uh, he was offered another position as a creative director at a startup called Zella and um, that he was going to take it. And I was like, okay. And then he pretty much said, you know, I'd like you guys to, or you should, um, continue Universe um, and run it, you and Andrew. So, Oh, wow. So Andrew was also with Universe at the time. Yeah, Andrew had, been, Andrew had been with me and Joe for about five years, I think, before that. Yeah. He can correct us. He's not here today, but he can correct, he can correct us later on. Yeah. Uh, something like that, yeah. So he was with us for about five years up until this point. So, When yeah. I first saw you guys, I thought you were from the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is it just because of the way we dress or something like that? Yeah. Probably not so much, maybe more so, Andrew. <laughs> both of you, like, uh, I guess that's, maybe it's just a designer thing, but you're both, like, incredibly well-dressed. Um, well-groomed. Well-groomed and... Um, Good-looking too. Well, you know, um, grooming and dress is not my strong point, but when I saw you guys, I was just thinking, like, they, these must be designed. And then I saw your desk and the dead giveaway was everything is like the best product that it can be for its type and it's perfectly positioned on the table. Like, And both of you are the same. Like, Yeah, it's, um, a, bit, it's a bit kind of ridiculous. Andrew has like that fold-out keyboard thing that goes on his lap and you, yep. you just look like you're in the future. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah and I've, I, I think I've got a little bit of OCD as well. I like to have everything. So, yeah, like everything's matte black on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's completely unnecessary. but um, and Everything is white and black. Yeah, and, it, and it kind of, you know, it gets dusty and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I love it. It's it's almost like um, it's not – it's almost that thing like if you don't have the best thing, you can't do the best work kind of yeah, I get feel. It. Like I get this – it's it's totally irrational yeah. really. But having the best, best stuff makes me feel like, you know, I'm going to do the best work. I produce yeah. the best work maybe. I you kind know. of – sometimes like I feel like with tech even and stuff around me, like being around an elite. That was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that. Uh, thought we were going halfsies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. surrounding makes you work up to that yeah it's true like and also just so my desk setup when i really when i come into work it's like okay like the desk is like looking at me like you know you, you better do something good today yeah <laughs> like okay yeah, yeah, gotta yeah. perform you know it's not like this sloppy desk where yeah. i don't really care and like yeah so i guess i mean is it yeah. problematic for you that i'm always you've always got your headphones on both of you this is another futuristic thing <laughs> but is it a problem for you that i come over quite often and suggest we go for coffee no, no, not at all. No, it's really not. Like, I mean, it's nice to see your face because usually I'm um, I'm used to staring at the back of your head. Yeah, um, which we is can we can let we can let the listeners decide why why that would be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you sit like kind of in front of me. So generally, I, I think it's better you explain it. That yeah, way. I'll explain it that yep. way. So you, yeah, you do sit in front of me. Even yeah, when you do come over to visit me, you usually are on your knees. Again, that's the way I like you to approach me as well. But. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> but you do the other day. You know, you like to. You know, you, you're very. You don't come over and like hunch over me. You know, you crawl over and say hello. Yeah, and I try not like to do it too creepily because I know you, I don't want to startle you. I know you've got music playing, and I feel like if I creep around the corner, real creepy, like I might scare the crap out of you. No, no, no. Yeah. But um, no, no, that's fine. Like, I mean, um, sometimes I mean there is a thing where sometimes I do get in like I do like getting in like a flow state, or flow state is kind of a 
you know, a thing that everyone obviously knows about. But yeah. I do like getting into that and usually that's in the morning for me. So if you come over to me and I'm like, you go, oh, do you want to go do this? And I'm just like, give you a look. Yeah. You'll know if I can't be bothered. <laughs> well, you actually changed your mind this morning. Like you didn't have shoes on and then you decided you did want to come for a coffee. So that was kind of I, – I kind of felt like um, like we're a good match because you like flow states and I like to break people's flow states. <laughs> yeah. So we Perfect. You know, we have a good friendship Perfect. in that way. Yeah, no, to the, this morning I was – I don't know. I just had a – I had to get up and move. Yeah. I, um, I'm getting old now and I've had a bit of a back issue and I thought I've, I've actually set timers to go, you've got to get up and move around. Even yeah. though I do have a standing desk, yeah. um, but that I can only do that for a little bit. But you guys work. I mean, you work long, hard days. I mean, what do you do by way of well-being to sort of stay in shape and in form? Uh, I only do. I do the gym only two nights a week now. I used to do boxing like four nights a week and just yeah. be, you know, a savage. But yeah, I, it just really wore down my body. And um, I hear you were like Beowulf from the uh, film The Northman. Yeah, I was pretty much yeah berserkering. Yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. And I, I was going to a boxing gym that was just way too hardcore like if you weren't 100 percent in you know you're 100 percent out type Did you of thing. get yelled at a lot oh yeah oh yeah it was one of those but i mean again like if you're getting yelled at it meant the teacher was kind of paying attention to you and watching seeing what you were doing so and started, actually you kind of wanted to be yelled at because so you, you started got to enjoy the humiliation yeah it's kind of strange but the humiliation was kind of joking but at the same time it was true which is kind of strange <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I just had a few injuries. I had a shoulder thing and I was like, I've really got to give up. I started seeing a physio and they're like, you really got to stop boxing. Yep. Like it's getting ridiculous. And I'm like, yep. So I've gone back to just normal functional training, which is uh, a bit of running, a bit of weights, a bit of stuff like that. And yeah. just backed it off a bit and more so not being so hard on myself, I guess. Yep. I used to be very diligent and I like had to do boxing four nights a week and I, I don't know, it was just a bit of bit obsessive. Again, the OCD thing coming out of me, like I had to – I love things running on time and then being scheduled and routine. Like I'm oh, very yeah. much – I love that. I'm very much a bit like on the spectrum with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Like if – say for you want to do this podcast at like a night I was doing the gym, I'd be like, no. Nah, it wouldn't yeah. would type of thing. You've got pretty intense scheduling. I mean I always find it interesting how people organise themselves in their lives, but I do like timeliness and I do like – Planning? Yeah, I mean, I have a real. I'm always early. Like yeah, being me too. late for me being too. late for me is death. Even if yeah. I know if they don't care. Like How I've, early are you on average? Or ten minutes at least. Me too. Yeah, ten like minutes is kind of a buffer. Fifteen for me is comfortable. Yeah, fifteen is comfortable because stuff can always go again. Like again, my brain is just always working, thinking of worst case scenario. Why do you think it's, it's like, such a worst case scenario to be late for us? Because oh. for for most of the people, that is not a bad scenario at all. No, it's you not know, even Because so, sometimes you and I will get to places like 15 minutes early and the other person will be 10 minutes late. That's a full half an hour almost block. True. Like, I mean, there was a many other day. We were, we were way too early. <laughs> we're sitting there. I'm like, um, I mean, I'm trying. Honestly, I'm really trying hard not to be that way because, I mean, I drive my girlfriend insane with my kind of having to be on time and leaving early and all I'm this kind same. of. Yeah, Louise all this. It. Oh, it's just, and I understand it now. Like, it's, it's just annoying and like. Does your girlfriend run by default like 10 minutes late and doesn't mind? Is that the kind of person she is? No. That's what Louise is sort she's of not, She's not really ever late, but, she, you know, she cruises around and faffs around. We call it faffing. Yeah. I'm like, you got to stop faffing. We, we call it roll. putzing. Putzing, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Putzing is good, actually, like that. You could use it. Yeah, because it's kind of like we've got to go and then, yeah. But it's, it's – got to say, just stop your putzing around. Yeah, but, I'm, I mean, I'm really trying to, like, just let all that go and just chill and then – you know, enjoy life more often instead of it being so heavily scheduled and yeah. everything having to run 
a certain way. It's just we should talk about this more and how we're going with it because it is actually a challenge for me too. Oh yeah, I drive myself insane. Like it's um, it's only in the last two years I've really kind of got a better grip on it now. Um, I get worried about things, but I I also feel like. I'm unlucky because the people who are important in my life who aren't my wife, like other than that, are also really um, nervous about being on time. Yeah, okay. So like I had this, my last boss, um, we used to have like an occasional meeting that was like 8 o'clock in the morning out in a different suburb. He'd get there at 6.30 and have oh. breakfast there to be oh. ready. Oh, God. And it's just, Ray, if you're listening, love you, bro. <laughs> uh, but, you know, incredible Earliness, like yeah. even by my standards, I'd roll in at seven thirty or seven forty-five, and he'd been there. Like, might as well have just slept there. Like that kind yeah, of yeah. That's that's pretty full on. But I think it's from my dad. My dad's also just been obsessive his whole life about being like on time, and you know, it's just one of those things. It's probably yeah. Well, yeah, my old man's probably kind of he's some somewhat similar. A bit of a yeah, a bit of a drill sergeant yeah. type of thing. And I mean, I work with my dad when through university. I worked with him. Um, like he's a builder, so on job sites and like just. Yeah, everything had to be just so with him. Like, he was being—he was—he started off as a bricklayer, and he, like all of his tools, I had to like clean them immaculately. Most bricklayers, you know, wouldn't give two shits if stuff's got a bit of concrete left yeah. on it. But everything had to be immaculate. The ute had to be packed exactly how we unpacked it. You know, had to be packed Whoa, back properly, yeah. and yep. where everyone else would just throw it in the back of the ute, like yep. didn't really care. But I guess I probably get a little bit from that too. It's yeah. probably rubbed off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a. It's good in some ways. It's a curse in others, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, your desk is awesome. So I th- I'd, say I'd vote it one of the most clean, nice desks in the Commons. So shout out to you. Yeah, I mean, I've, I wouldn't disagree with that. Definitely seeing some yeah. people's desks in here, I'm just like, what do you is, look what down? Do you look down on? That? I don't look down. I definitely yeah. do not look down. You but sure? I'm, I'm like, I could, I could just, I could help you with that. Can I go get a, <laughs> can I go get a cloth and just wipe <laughs> it for you, or wipe it when you're away, or something like that? Yeah. I've even been sitting at your desk today because I was, I was. <laughs> Well, I was, I was uploading some of your social content today and I was looking at your – I was using your message chat, which was – good, I'm it? definitely getting one of those now. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. It's got yep. heat and everything. 50 bucks from the local chemist. Thank you very much. Yeah. I think everyone was looking at it a bit strange. Like I was sitting at your big control center desk mm. and I've got this message gun like messaging my back. The mothership. And as I'm waiting for things to upload and I'm doing things, I'm kind of just moving stuff around you in a desk. It's kind of like – <laughs> categorizing it how I think it should be categorized. Yeah. I'm like, okay, books should go with books. And I paper. couldn't find anything when I got back. <laughs> and I didn't find myself. I have, to, I have to kind of, you know, tell myself stop. Like, <laughs> this is not your desk. And what are you doing later? Do you want to come to my house? Mm. Oh God, I've got enough things going on at my house. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't dare touch someone else's house. <laughs> and so, one of the things that you love that I also love, and this is how we met and got talking originally, was horror movies. Yeah. And movies in general, how did you get into that? Um, have you killed a lot of animals and sort of, you know? No, I haven't sacrificed any animals yet. Yet, yet, yet. yet. Um, yet to see. But mm. um, no, horror movies, I guess it started from a young age, I guess, because my mum probably let us watch films that we probably shouldn't watch. So probably when I was like eight, eight I, or nine. Like your mum. Yeah, I mean, it's strange to think of it now, why she let us do it. But anyway, who knows? Do you ever um, ask her? I think I have asked her, but I can't actually remember what she said. I think maybe because it was just the only way to shut us up. Like I was yeah. kind of a very much high energy ADHD kind of child. Yeah, I probably yeah, just yeah. drive my mum insane. Yeah. And as soon as this, she popped one of these films on, I'll, do, we'll I'll just shut uh, up. We'll just put Dean in front of The Exorcist and yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll check yeah. back in within a few hours. Well, Exorcist is one of them that I saw way too young um, and probably like one of my favourite films of all time for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably when I was eight or nine, you know, seeing all the Arnie films like Predator oh, and man. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, like I would watch them with my cousin religiously every weekend. Like that's what we'd put on. 
Like it's just like I don't know. So then um, I don't know if it desensitized me those films or I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I don't know why. Ever since then, I've always loved it. And then my mum showed me Tales of the Crypt. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's no. like a it's a series that used to be on, and it's like this. Um, God, I can't remember his name. Anyway, it's like a skeleton puppet, and he would introduce like these short films, and they were short films that had like. Not very famous actors, but sometimes famous actors. Oh, yeah. And they would just do these short kind of horror stories, almost like kind of like Goosebumps yep. type of thing. Yeah. Anyway, you got, anyway, if anyone's interested, you should look it up because I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, she showed me that quite young because it wasn't so much horror horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that probably got me into it as well and got me into like the tropes of horror. And, yeah, so that and also the X-Files as well. Oh, probably, the X-Files. My mum used to watch that religiously, so yep. I'd watch that with mum like up late. We'd yep. always watch that. The truth is actually out there. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so watching that, I guess, um, and it sounds strange, but horror for me is kind of relaxing. Like it's kind yeah, of um, – me I too. Don't find, I don't get wound up by it. It's almost a relaxing thing for me to watch. Um, me too. I, I find like the predictability of it very comforting mm. in a way. Like it's sort of – it always follows the same kind of arc. Yep. Like yep. you're confused about what's happening for like 40 minutes then, okay, something's happening, there's a bit of a pattern, there's yeah. a few twists, okay, I get it, or yeah. I'm confused at the end. It's know? like you want the tropes. Like you, you see them coming like, oh, yeah. that was yeah. a good one. Like, it's, yeah. like, I mean, the classics, like all the Halloween films and like Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and, you, you know, um, Friday the 13th. Um, like combining romance and violence and that kind of like that, those yeah. sorts of like contrasting emotions and all that. Yeah, and I mean those films are kind of like – you know, they're trashy in over time, but I mean, I still love those films just for the tropes. Yeah. Like, I don't find them scary or anything like that, but I watch them because, again, I love all the practical effects. There's just a lot in them that I really love. So yeah. It's kind of, um, you know, I don't know, they're just awesome. So. And, and like, this is the, kind of the early stuff, but I mean, we're blessed to live in an age now where we have A24 Studios, we've got Ari Aster, we've got our mate Eggers, um, yep. who we absolutely adore. And, um, that marathon the other week was something special. Oh, yeah, epic. Um, I guess, yeah, for what we did was um, <clears throat> we went to the Astor Theatre, which, I mean, if anyone in Melbourne's been there, it's just this sort of a 100-year-old building and they usually, you know, they do like marathons, so they had a Robert Eakers um, showing all three films in a row. And, uh, the Northman, uh, The Lighthouse and The Witch. Yeah, that's it. And we got through, or we got to The Lighthouse, which was pretty good. Yeah. I think we didn't stay for The Witch because we had another mate with us. We thought, mm, it could be a bit touch and go because yeah. the first five minutes are quite... <laughs> He's a fairly placid guy um, and I could picture him wetting himself and being very uncomfortable for the rest <laughs> of the week. So shout out to Andrew One uh, yep. at the comments. Yeah. Yep. No, but very good times and, and so for me that's also a way to relax too, which is just very bizarre to find other people who relax with horror. Like do you know a lot of other people who No, not really. Who I really don't no imbibe. Not really. I don't really have a lot of mates who are really into it. Um you're the only person who's like seem we're on the same wavelength with it. Yeah. A lot of people aren't. I'm like my mum likes horror for different reasons, but yeah, not like we do. We should explain our like our disparate rating systems for what films we like to see. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I said to you famously the other day, um, I looked 6.5 and above on IMDb's my threshold and you gave me this bizarre look, like this blank look, and you said, oh, that's interesting because I'm only 3.5 and below. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I guess I should probably <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> except for the greats, of course. Yeah, except for the – I mean, there is classic, you know, like we've already mentioned the Exorcist and classic, they're just classics. But, I mean, to be honest, again, like I love like really kind of B-grade garbage horror films that yep. are like, you know, get a 1.2 or whatever on IMDb. Um, mm. what, what have we got? Like one of my favourites is like Humanoids from the Deep, which is, I mean, <laughs> you guys can go look at that if you want to. <laughs> I mean, the movie poster says it all. I mean, if you – 
Yeah. Uh, Don't recommend the one you were watching the other day that you told us about. I think that's probably not podcast okay. Yeah, that one's probably not so much. Can we mention the name of it? Yeah, we might as well. Uh, yeah, it's a film. I mean, it's not great. I mean, uh, another another kind of shub, shub, sub-genre yeah. of uh, horror films I love are ones that you can just literally watch straight on YouTube. So they're really old films that have never found their way to DVD or no one's copied them. That's how DVD. you know they've made it. That's how I know they're good. I'm like, this is this is it. Like, this <laughs> that's is going to be quality good. test. Yeah, that's the test. <laughs> Never went to a full DVD run. That, so I think I can't remember what I was going through. I was going through some kind of list, and this film Hannibal um, Holocaust came up. Cannibal was, Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cannibal Holocaust. And Two I was of like, the okay. most frightening words on the planet combined. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this is kind of this is definitely going to be disturbing. Um, and I kind of knew a bit about the director and things like that. I'm like, okay, oh, I'll give this a go. And then I found a, you know, that it was on YouTube for free, and I'm like, okay, great. And yeah, I got about halfway through it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's great for its time. Like, it's really kind of like it's a '70s kind of film, and it's very much done like the Blair Witch kind of style. Like, it's a documentary yep. kind of. Thing. So that's really cool but then really the violence in it is just next level where it's actually they just went out into the Amazon and just filmed real violence, yeah. which is just... It's not really okay. Yeah, anymore. it's not really okay and I did feel a bit queasy. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is a disrecommendation. So you should be aware of it but not watch it is the kind of point of this. Yeah. Or, or if you want to but probably oh, don't. Go for it if you really want to. It's yeah. more, um, yeah, there's some stuff with animals in it just is not... I can't deal with animal cruelty stuff. Nah, it really nah. just kind of – I was like, nah. All the, all the human stuff because you can kind of tell it's a bit fake. Oh, it's well, okay. People but, are all difficult but, you know, animals don't deserve it. Nah. Um, so, you know, like obviously the way we met at the commons and that sort of like uh, interlude um, where there were very few people here, it's like a return of the living dead in a way, yeah, like yep. emptied out, huge building the commons. How have you found it like in terms of being a creative – in a space like this for collaboration and, you know, friendships and, you know, all that kind of community. Oh, it's been awesome. Like, I mean, yeah, like you just mentioned there, like when we first came back, um, <clears throat> yeah, when we first came back into the commons, we were in between a lockdown or I can't remember which lockdown it was, but there was literally no one in here. There was like five people that were still coming in. Um, yeah, so it was a bit like a, yeah, what would you call it, like a dystopian kind of yeah. <laughs> feel. Um, so then it was, I mean, then it, it was okay then, but then yeah, ever since, of course, everyone coming back, it's just been awesome. Like slowly now, kind of slowly getting to know a lot of people and then um, working with a lot of people in here now, which is just awesome because you schedule a meeting, you just go downstairs or book a meeting. Yeah. It's super easy. Is that weird for you? Like I know a lot of people come to co-work spaces to try and be near people they can sell to, but I feel like you're really not that person. You no. just you just happen to be near people and they know what you do and they like you and they just want to work with you, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's really nice. Um, yeah, yeah, true. I, I don't really tell people. I don't like telling. I don't know. I feel a bit icky going. Yeah, I, I just bit, don't. I'm really not. Even when we did the um, we did a pitch night here where you were supposed to pitch a business. I kind of missed. You know, obviously read blurred over the word pitch, and we didn't really pitch the business at all. <laughs> we just pretty much stood up and showed some and Go, this is what we do. Like. Cool, okay, great. It was good to do that. We didn't – there was no, like, call to action, like, you know, you should contact us if you're looking at this, this and that. We just – I mean, yeah, I just feel kind of gross about that stuff. Um, I, I guess I like, you know, just kind of genuine kind of connection with the people. If I want to work with people, it's kind of that kind of thing. And here it's just naturally kind of progressed and happened. So, yeah, um, yeah but the, the list of people we're working with here just keeps on growing, which is um, – 
That's awesome. That's mate, your, yeah. your reputation precedes you. It's uh, terrific. Yeah. Um, but I guess, and and so you were saying to me that you don't you don't actually spend any money or budget at the moment on marketing. No, no. We're we're looking to. Um, that's something we we really want to do. Um, probably like social Instagram kind of ads or something yeah. like that. Um, I think it would be definitely worthwhile, more so to push um like the web work that we do. Like, yeah. Um, I think that would be really beneficial for us. Um. But no, we never have done – it's all been word of mouth um, up until this point essentially. Yeah. Um, again, it's just really lucky like. Could you – this is just a weird question I'd be thinking about, but like would you do your own um, website and identity and everything like yeah, or, or is yeah. it too kind of in your own head that you yeah. want someone else to help you or how do you approach that as a designer? That's a Yeah, that's a good one actually. Um, we did rebrand, so we have two businesses. We have Universe, which is um, brand identity and websites primarily, like a general graphic design studio. And then we also have Mass, which is signage and wayfinding. So I guess um, to give people long and short note, we started Mass back in 2014 because we were doing a lot of work with architects then. We had a lot of, we were sharing a space at a stage with an architect and we we're finding ourselves getting, uh, they were giving us a lot of kind of signage work and we knew a lot about signage and my boss came originally, he was a graphic designer at BY Architects, I think it was. So all in all, we had a lot of knowledge in that area. So then we thought, well, we should niche a, niche a business off um, to kind of cater for that. And that's been going like really well so far, which is <laughs> I think this is good. Um, but yeah, so we rebranded that. We have rebranded, but we haven't launched it yet. And yeah, I guess we generally just tried to follow the same process, but it is kind of good to try to remove yourself from it a bit, which is definitely difficult. But I think with the new mass identity, we did that quite well. Um, me and Andrew collaborated on it, which mm -hmm. was, I, again, another thing I think that was really good for us to do um, because generally, you know, a lot of the identity work I'd be kind of working solely on and just kind of seeing through, but collaborating was definitely good because it isn't just mine, it's mine and Andrew's. So it made a lot of sense to do it that way. Um, and yeah, we had, yeah, we just treated it like a normal job, really. Like, um, yeah, like, and Andrew's building the website now and hopefully it'll launch, yeah, we're hoping to launch before the end of this year. So Exciting. But the, uh, the universe identity was done um, a long, long time ago and it's just had iterative kind of updates done to it, like not a complete redo or anything like that. Yep. Um, which I don't think we would ever do. We we've we are definitely going to at some stage actually use the typeface universe. Yeah. Because universe, it's U N I V R S, which is actually yeah. a typeface. Yeah. By, um, Adrian Frutiger. So, um, if anyone doesn't know that, so just so people yeah. wonder why, like, why is the name universe? Um, yeah. I just I just thought it was a typo. I didn't think you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't put it past <laughs> me. So. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, we the only update we were thinking to do that is to pretty much set the identity and all the typography in universe because we just thought that would be kind of cool. And again, like me being loving, you know, reducing things and you know, reducing things down to like reductive. I call you reductive would be my word. Reductor. <laughs> just skeletal. Yeah, like bring it down to its reductor. It's, it's it's most essential kind yeah. of thing. That would be your Marvel power. Would just be to reduce things down to their basic elements. Just basic elements. Just like dots and squares. <laughs> just black dots and squares. Only black and white. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about giving you a logo. Just a black square. Okay. <laughs> 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 You're like I love it. People would probably pay you a lot of money for that in the design world. I, I imagine. Yeah, I, I wouldn't make it 100 percent black. It'd be just not black. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do love black and white stuff. It's just, I don't know, again, 
I just love stuff that's super, super legible. Yeah. Like it's just a, I don't know, and I, and I love kind of classic graphic design stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of, I mean, I do love, I should, you know, I do like trends and things that come and go, but I do heavily lean on, you know, looking back through books. Um, I'm not, I'm not that old. I'm only 34, but still, I still think that no I. I not say anything about age, bro. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't really do a whole lot of research through um, looking at Pinterest or things like that. Like, I look at Behance occasionally, but I do love looking at just old designers and their work and really diving into it. I, yeah, that's kind of where I predominantly do a lot of my research, like yeah. a, a deep dive on like. Yeah, when you were talking about the history of the Maria typeface, I was like, <laughs> wow, I hope this is interesting for you. But um, no. no. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> that was a good story. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, essentially I, I bought a purchase a typeface that I've been looking at for a very long you time. You wanted to use it for a long time. I've wanted to use it and I just haven't pulled the trigger on purchasing it and I'm like one day I just like kind of said, no, that's it, we're going to get it because I'm going to use it for something and I know it's going to come into play at some stage. Um, But then, yeah, I started playing around it for your identity and it just really worked. I mean uh, we've used it for the logo type, so the word humans of purpose is set in Maria, but the HOP is actually I've drawn that. Yeah. Really, it isn't really, it's based on a few kind of fonts, but really it's just been drawn. It's proprietary now because, you know. Yeah, well, that part of it is I didn't actually yeah. give you a complete new typeface or anything like mm, that, which okay. we could do, but, um, yeah, I wasn't going to go that far. It's not licensable <laughs> yet. It, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Well, mate, this has been fantastic. Great chat. Um, really good update on the Humans of Purpose visual identity change. So thanks for coming in and explaining. How can people connect with you, potentially um, re- requisition your services and learn more about your work? Uh, I guess probably the easiest thing is um, our website is universe, so univers.com.au. Um, did I say that right? Yeah, U-N-I-V-E-R-S yep. dot com dot au. Yep. No E, no E. <laughs> no E. Um, and then our Instagram is brand, wait, what is our Instagram? My God. It's universe underscore brand underscore design. Okay. I think. Man, I should have prepared this. Oh, it doesn't matter. People um, will find it. You'll put it somewhere that people put can it somewhere. click it. They can do the click. click yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my personal Instagram is Dean Jacobson with two N's. Cool. So. Yeah. Does it offend you that I don't have Instagram? Like, do you think I should get it? No. Okay, cool. No, I don't mind. You don't have it. I mean, it was today it was fine. You just got it and we were set. Yep. So, yeah, I think choose your own thing. I mean, I don't have – I only have Instagram on my phone. I don't do have you have TikTok? No. Oh, no I never got into TikTok. I got out. into TikTok maybe for like five minutes, like most people at my age, yeah. and then just kind of fell off the wagon instantly. Yeah. But, yeah, I never got into TikTok, Snapchat. I think I just – just, yeah. And I guess the other thing is that people, if they are in the commons or want to drop into the commons, you're around and locatable on level one near me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. you can just like like you normally do, crawl over and all on on your on your knees and <laughs> greet me, and then um, yeah, I'll decide whether I'll <laughs> acknowledge that you <laughs> acknowledge give, that you're there. Or <laughs> you may or may not give that person an audience, <laughs> just depending on how they present. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we're always up for visitors coming here because it's yep. an awesome space to show people around and. We, we generally love to, like, kind of get people in for meetings here, which is, you know, it's just a great spot to, yeah. you know, to do all that kind of stuff. makes it super easy. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Mate, thanks for coming in. Been a pleasure chatting with you. Awesome. Thanks, mate. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and why not share it with a friend or two? If you want more from your Humans of Purpose experience, become a Humans of Purpose member today through our new platform, Supercast. All you need to do is hit the link in our show notes. 
If you have a message to share with our audience about your brand, products, or services, we have a wide variety of paid promotional packages available. Please get in touch by hitting the link in our show notes.